and gentlemen, welcome on into another fantastic episode of Bar Talk. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, happy Thursday, happy Friday, happy Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is that you are listening to this, I hope you are having the best day ever. And guys, if it's not going the way that you want it to go, that's okay. Today's words of wisdom are going to be to give yourself grace. Every day isn't always going to be a great one, and that's all right. Do your best, even if that means just getting out of bed and give yourself a lot of grace along this journey that you are on right now. Okay, so we are at episode 96, and I just want to express my gratitude to you for listening. It truly means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen. Time is the one thing in life that we cannot get back, so you choosing to spend your time with me means a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so this episode is coming out on May 26th. It's Memorial Day weekend. And that means pool season is here, swimsuit season is here. And guys, I cannot wait to be toes up in my aunt's pool all summer long. So I figured today's guest would be perfect. And we are talking to Amy Cappy, who is the founder of Ama Bikini. If you are watching this, guys, you can see that I have a pile of bikinis on my on my bar. Um, and I love these so stinking much. These swimsuits are for surfing, for playing, for lounging. They're a sustainable swimwear and they are the, it is the most comfortable suit I have ever worn in my life period. Um, I've actually worked out in some of these tops because they've been so good at like staying in place. I've played beach volleyball in some of these. I've also just totally relaxed with a nice cold glass of wine while being in my aunt's pool in these, okay? So when I actually started Bar Talk back in 2020, I knew I always wanted to have Amy on because I wanted to know more about how she got into this business and basically why. Like I was just so curious as to her background, a little information, Amy played at the same college that I played at my freshman year down in uh, Miami, Florida. She was a senior in college when I was a senior in high school. So we missed, but when I was going there on my visits, I did meet Amy and, you know, just uh, playing with different players, you know, you kind of, it's all, you're all intertwined and, and ingrained in a weird way, but I have been following her for some time. I absolutely love what she's doing with her company. And I wanted to know just more about it. Also, I say this in our conversation, but I'll say it now for someone that lives in the Midwest, guys, I have too many bikinis, <laughs> but I love them so much. And honestly, I, I'm planning on purchasing more because it's a sickness and I don't even get to wear them all the time, but I love them. And honestly, what I'll say about this, and we, we talk about it in the uh, video is, the fit for them, like guys, they're the softest things, um, for this, for my ladies who wear swimsuits. I really don't like the swimwear that has like a really sharp line along the edges. And what I like about her fits is that they're seamless. So they fit really well. They stay in place. Um, the, the tops are just the most flattering. They are the most comfortable, um, the prints that she has, I just adore. And 
God, they're just so soft. Like this blue one, I swear, I this is like a staple. This is an absolute staple in my swimwear that I wear all the time. And it's just, it's just the softest thing ever. Um, okay. That's done sidebar. Well, it's not a sidebar. It's part of the bar, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. So one of the things that we talk about, and if you're watching this podcast, you will totally see it. Um, Amy is a mom and her little one got to be a part of the conversation, which I absolutely loved. I've definitely had babies on the show before, but I've never had a baby on the show before in this way. And it really just like made my day. And it was so beautiful to see her, um, you know, because to me that having her daughter like sitting on her lap as we were doing this interview to me really just highlighted and showcased that she is, you know, balancing, she's balancing this and she's, and and I think, you know, I'm not a mom, but it is a never ending journey of trying to balance it and trying to figure it out. And we talk about motherhood and while, you know, one of the impacts that I think she'll have on her daughters is her daughters are seeing her run this business because Amy works from home. So like she talked about like how she thinks that's going to potentially influence her children one day and honestly just children in general, because so many people are working from home. We also talk about influencers in this new wave of marketing on social media. Just, um, just a heads up what Amy said in this, and this is, I guess a teaser will say, you're going to be amazed at how much she paid for post back in the day. But again, it was one of those things that, you know, it worked. So you're going to want to listen to that. And then Amy also gave some insight into inclusion when it comes to swimwear. And honestly, this perspective is one that I never thought about. And it's, and it hundred percent makes sense from a small business standpoint. Um, And I really think it's going to maybe open your eyes to a different perspective, especially in this landscape that we live in right now with um, inclusion and trying to, you know, make sure everyone is welcome in the, at the table, which is what everyone wants to do. And you're going to learn. And this is what was so interesting to me. Sometimes that's not always possible. Not that you don't want to, but with the resources that you have at hand, you have to know who your audience is. So again, really interesting point of view, super interesting perspective that I never heard of before. And I'm so happy that Amy shared that. So you're definitely going to want to listen to that. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation. Before we do that, I have two things for you. Okay. First off, if you are a newcomer to the podcast, guys, welcome on in, welcome on into Bar Talk. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to hang out with us and to listen to this conversation. If you are a returning regular of mine, guys, welcome back to the bar. Love having you here. Love having you belly on up, metaphorically speaking, to the bar with me. I would love it if you guys would follow us along on social. It is at Bar Talk with Jenna across the board. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, okay? Every Friday, I have a new segment out called the drink of the week that prepares you for your drinking excursions ahead. So I would love it if you guys would go ahead and give us a follow along on whatever platform you consume content and you will be able to find the drink of the week every Friday and then new episodes come out Thursday. And then we have new mini episodes every Monday. They're called mini Monday, mini moto Mondays, excuse me, anything between, um, 
20 to 10 minutes. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet. Basically, it's a little story, a little inspiration to get you ready for your week ahead, okay? If you are watching this on YouTube, hi guys, love having you here. I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe. And as you're watching this, give this video a thumbs up and leave a comment. Basically, anything from what you enjoyed in this conversation, if you liked it, guess if you didn't like it. Um, I hope you like it though. But again, it helps with the algorithm and it helps more people come to this conversation that I would love to have. If you are an audio listener, guys, make sure you follow along on whatever form of audio that you are getting this. So Apple, Spotify, Google Play, um, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, make sure you're following. If you could leave a five-star review, if you can leave a five-star rating and a review, it helps so much. I know that you hear probably people say this when you're listening to podcasts and it can sound a little annoying sometimes, but as someone who is continuing to grow, the more reviews there are, the more ratings there are, it really helps get my podcast to jump up on some of those charts so more people can come to the conversation, okay? And then stay until after the end of my chat with Amy for a segment I like to call, here's a tip for you, a little bit of insight, a little bit of wisdom to take you through your very day. All right, guys, let's go ahead and dive on into my conversation with Amy Cappy of Ama Bikini. Enjoy. Okay, so obviously we have a little one with us. So this is the first time we've had a baby be a part of the bar. I mean, not really because at my bar, we have babies in the bar all the time. So like, this is so normal for me. I love it. Um, But instead of getting into like the nitty gritty questions, we're going to do just like rapid fire, have some fun to kind of kick things off. Um, So I always say there's no real shot clock, but try not to think too long about it. Okay. All right. What is your drink of choice? Margarita. Ooh, uh, frozen or on the rocks? On the rocks. Salt or no salt? Salt. Flavor or just plain? Plain. Love it. Do you have a tequila preference? Nope. Nope. Just, nope. Well, I just whatever's whatever they'll make me. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, favorite physical activity? Beach volleyball. Obviously. Kindest thing a stranger has done for you? bought me flowers oh seriously yeah Miami from the car in front of me or like it was the car in front of me from a guy on the street (laughs) he just said give the person flowers behind me yeah pretty much this was years ago this was like when I was still at Barry like one of my first years in Miami oh my god that's amazing I I've never heard of anyone just randomly giving someone flowers that's the first one on this it's absolutely a first one. Um, what is your go-to snack? Mm, guacamole and chips. Love that. Three things you always have in your bag. Chopstick. Oh, pen. Pacifier. <laughs> What's something you are embarrassed to admit you learned late in life? Hmm. I would say how to change tire, but I still don't know how to do that. Um, I don't know. Filing for taxes. I still don't know how to file my taxes. I just give it, I, I just, I pass that off. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Sure, not do- cool. Yeah. Um, what is an odd talent that you have? I can play the piano. Oh my God. How- off, but I can a little bit. When did, did you play as a kid? Yeah, I was forced to take lessons. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. And it's not like anything crazy. It's like, I can play Pop Goes a Weasel. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing too impressive. 
still, I mean, that's more than most people can say because I I just bang on the piano. I don't know what, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, okay, fin fill in the blank. My day isn't complete unless I do what? Um, I don't know, have a coffee. Oh, that's totally fair. Would you rather go skydiving or swim with sharks? Oh, swim with sharks. I can't, I feel like you are someone who would, if you haven't already done it. That was my guess. I haven't done it. I, I, I think I would just be more frightened skydiving actually than I, I would it. swimming with sharks. I don't think, yeah, I think, you know, the stigma of them being so scary and dangerous is kind of like we're trending away from that. Yeah. I wouldn't just sort of jump in with wild sharks, but I, the places that you can swim with sharks are actually pretty like, like docile and like used to it. Yeah. And they don't, it's like, as long as you're calm, they're calm to me. It's like, I feel it reminds me of like riding a horse, like the energy that you give to the horse, yeah. the horse picks up. So I'm yeah. like, I, I would feel that way with a shark. Right. Or, they say, I don't know if I would do it just like freely, but given the choice, I think I'd swim with sharks. Okay. All right. Uh, what is the best piece of advice someone is giving you? Start where you are with what you have. Okay. Who should my next guest be? Ooh. Hmm. You should try to get, there's a beach volleyball player named Kristen Nuss. You know who she is? I don't know who she is. She played at LSU. Now I'm curious if it's Kirsten or Kristen. I think it's Kristen. But she just won the first, um, she just won an AVP. Oh. And he beat the Canadian team, which they, I don't know what they were ranked. I don't know what they're ranked on the world now, but anyway, this player, she might be five, five. Yeah. So she's like a, a phenom. Wait, say her, her last name again, Kristen. Nuss, N-U-S-S. I'm nuts. Relatable for me because she's undersized yeah. and. So she, yeah, they just, uh, her and her partner just won the AVP. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Literally the first thing that comes up on Google is her height. Is it five, five? I, it's I think it's, it's five, six, five, six, Kristen. I spelled it with an I instead of an E. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I love a shorty. Wait, I think I know her. <laughs> that's awesome. I think I know her. Oh my God. It's a small world. Okay. Um, no, I totally get being undersized. I'm five, seven and can't jump. And you know, and it's funny. Cause like in like normal world, like that's a good size in the volleyball world. You're a midget. You're, I know. you're an absolute midget. Um, okay. Fill in the blank. Amy is what? Amy is hardworking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, this is the very first time I've ever worn a bikini doing this. I've oh. never, but this is one of my favorite tops by you. And I swear I wear it all the time. I literally pulled out all of my uh, bikinis by you because for someone who lives in the Midwest, I have more bikinis than I need to have. But oh, I miss those prints. Yeah. Sometimes I like forget all the ones that we've done and people will like, post a picture. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The, um, this blue one, it's just plain, but like the material is the best material. And it's like, you know how sometimes when you wear a bikini, if it's too tight, you have that like odd little bulge that comes out. Yes. 
this doesn't do that. Yes. Those are popular for that very reason. Oh my God. They are heavenly. And this, this one, is it the, the field of dreams? I think. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't know that a top could be this comfortable. Oh my gosh. I miss that print too. Yeah. Maybe this is, maybe, maybe we got a little comeback coming in. Right. Um, so obviously someone who's from the Midwest wears too many bikinis and I can only, and again, like it's now just starting to get nice and I still haven't been in a pool yet. Um, but I love your stuff. I have been, I don't even know when I heard about, like, I obviously have known you for a while, but when I heard about your company, I think it was around 2000 and maybe 16 and you started in 2015, correct? Yes. Okay. So where did the idea for I'm a bikini come from? So I was living on Miami beach. So I went to vol- uh, I went to Barry to play volleyball mm-hmm. indoor, as you know. Okay. Yeah. So from there, I kind of got introduced to the beach volleyball scene in South beach, but it really wasn't until after I graduated that I even tried to play beach volleyball at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe went down there to South beach once or twice during spring break, but it wasn't like, I wasn't familiar, familiar with the area. But once I played a few times, I really liked it. And it was like, I loved playing doubles. I loved I don't know, just the whole atmosphere and the community down in, in Miami Beach. Um, the group of players that I found were just like super awesome. They bring their dogs and kids and mm-hmm. it was a scene outside of the normal Miami Beach scene. So that's just some context. Mm-hmm. Um, lo and behold, a couple of years after I graduated from Barrie, I graduated in 2011. In 2013, I moved to South Beach and was playing like all the time and just kind of living in bikinis, always searching for designer bikinis like but at like a discount it wasn't like I just needed them to be designer I just always wanted something different Mm -hmm. like I didn't want just to go to Target and buy what everybody had so I kind of went down the rabbit hole of different brands and like waiting for them to go on sale or just the most unique bikini that I could find that I knew nobody no one else um, would have so um once I became kind of obsessed with the bikini thing I was always working odd end jobs different office jobs I worked in parks and rec I worked in a construction company I worked everywhere um but during my office jobs I started mid 2014 probably just like looking into what it would cost to start something of my own um I don't know. I just randomly felt really inspired. Like, Oh, I think I could do this. And as I started doing some research, I got very fortunate to contact, um, a good manufacturer in Brazil. I went back and forth with several manufacturers as far as like samples, but I found one in Brazil. Um, and he happened to be visiting Miami beach that summer for swim week. So when I met him, felt really good and comfortable. Like it was nice. I could meet someone face to face. It wasn't just like, you know, someone I met online. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, just, I launched that November actually. So kind of just snowballed a little bit from there, but that's the, yeah, the Reader's Digest version, I guess. <laughs> I love that. So was it that you were finding, cause again, I know, I, I wish beach was, I mean, beach has always been around, but it's definitely gotten more popular. I mean, within the last five years. Right. Um, but it, I I agree with you. It was hard when I started playing in college, it was hard to find good tops to wear on the beach. And I'm like, I don't want to wear a sports bra and spandex. Like you want to look, you want to look cute, but you also want it to be like, let's be real. I don't need anything popping out right now. Like I need things to stay, to stay in place. Um, 
but no, that's amazing that you were like, I can do this and why not take a swing at it? You know, um, I'm curious if you felt that your like athletic career being a college volleyball player prepared you going into this field. Yeah, I think that there's principles that are taught in athletics that are invaluable as far as life lessons, learning to work hard, learning life isn't fair, what what have you. Um, I think the biggest thing, not necessarily being a collegiate volleyball player, but probably just sports in general. And I also coach, mm-hmm. well, I coached before I had two little girls, but I'm still very involved in the club volleyball scene. My husband still coaches. But I think um, I talk to parents all the time and I tell them like, as long as your child is interested in this, keep pushing them to whatever level that might be. Maybe they're going to be really good. Maybe they're not. If they enjoy it, you know, find a way for them to keep playing and all that just to say, um, I do think that sports is a perfect environment to teach lessons that you can only learn in sports because sports don't care if you have money. Sports don't care certain things that you can kind of, you know, weasel your way out of in real life sometimes um athletics is an environment it's kind of like it levels the playing field if you will for everybody (laughs) yeah all it matters is your skill level and sometimes you have it sometimes you don't so um i think in that regard some of those lessons um for sure help me in business a little bit maybe i i believe it or not i think like the one job that i had in parks and recreation just because there was a lot of moving parts all the time as far as what was going on there, different programs, talking to and emailing parents, um, some of the event, just little programs and stuff that we did there. I don't know, it sounds kind of weird, but like all the organizational stuff that I had to do, um, in some ways I feel like that prepared me a lot or not prepared me, but there's some skills that I've learned there that I still have to apply um, in, in the business, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's still somewhat all encompassing because I felt at Parks and Recreation, a lot of things that I did in sports helped me do that. So um, yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of what I would say. It's like, it's that like snowball effect that kind of you were saying earlier, like you learn one thing from this area and then you bring it into the next job. And then what you learn in that job, you bring to the next job. And then eventually it brings you to kind of like where you're meant to be. And, you know, like, it seems like this is where you're meant to be. Um, What has been the best thing about starting this company? hands down that I can work from home. Mm. So I, it's funny. I tell my husband all the time, like, God forbid, like, hopefully I never have to go back to like a nine to five, but it would be extremely difficult for me to go back to a nine to five or to work for somebody else that said, it is just the best thing ever to have like the flexibility to make your own schedule. Sometimes, I mean, that's a huge adjustment itself. And actually it comes to mind, like the whole thing about playing um sports in college and your time management that probably is something that I mean I've had to fine-tune as the years go on and as my you know my time constraints get a little bit um more but for sure working from home is like the best thing ever I think especially for women these days I think right now I'm juggling because I have the kids at home and I kind of do it all but you know the moment that they want to that I need to take a break or even if it's just have someone come to the house and help with the kids, I can get everything done right in my office at home, not worrying about being on somebody else's time schedule as far as, you know, nine to five to get everything done. So right now it's great. Cause I can, I just have, I feel like I have the best of both worlds as far as staying home, being able to work, 
making my own schedule. If I have to work at 11 o'clock at night to get things done, that's what I do. Um, and I do think that's the way things are going right now anyway, more than ever because of COVID, but yeah. from home is like the best thing ever. Talk to me about your two little ones, hence the little one who you're holding right now. Thank God. <laughs> um, no, just, I know everyone who has kids says this, just as far as it being the most amazing life-changing experience of their life. I think um, I have little, so I have little Maui. She's almost 23 months. So she'll be two June 30th. That's Maui. She's sleeping right now. And then my second baby here, Capri, she's four months old. She was born in January. Um, but no, they're just amazing. So I have two little girls. Um, nothing prepares you for it as everybody says, but again, just as you know, we were talking about things coming full circle. Like I wasn't sure about starting my business, but now like having kids, I'm like, oh, this is the best thing that I could be doing because I get to spend time with them. And just every single day that I'm home with both of them, even through the crazy and there's some moments that are overwhelming. Um, just nothing can replace that time with them. Like yeah. being so little, you know, it's just, they change so fast, but um they are my two little beach girls. Maui is just wild in the water. She's swimming. She loves the ocean. You know, she's all about the mermaids. And um, I didn't really have a preference having a boy or girl, like when I first got pregnant, but um, I love having my girls. <laughs> so it's amazing. Um, but no, being a mom is definitely, obviously it's my priority, but it is, it is so rewarding. Um, and yeah, they're just, they're awesome. They teach you something new every day. That's for sure. Oh, I, I can definitely, uh, I don't have kids, but I have a lot of little nieces and nephews who run around and every time I'm with them, I'm like, one, I'm exhausted. I don't know how any one of my cousins are doing this. And yeah. two, um, they do teach you a lot and it's crazy because they're learning from you, but you don't realize how much you're learning from them. Yeah, for sure. I think the number one thing that that comes with kids is like, you just put things into perspective. Mm. I, I would think I was always a pretty laid back person, especially like in my adulthood, especially like once I did stop playing competitive sports, like I consider myself pretty laid back. Um, but with kids for certain things, I'm even more laid back because I'm like, kids are healthy. I'm healthy. What else really matters? Right. Yeah. And that's a gift. That's a gift to have that perspective. Um, and so we are fortunate that everybody's happy and healthy. And I mean, yeah, in the end, like family really is all that matters, right? So uh, they're just a great reminder of that. Yeah. How do you, have you thought about it all? Because I mean, obviously your kids are young, um, but you're working from home, you're doing everything from home and they're kind of a part of it and in it without even realizing it. Have you yeah. ever thought about like how that's going to impact them down the line? Yeah, like it's funny now, Maui, <laughs> So she's almost two, she runs around, she, you know, she's just like full blown toddler, but she'll like, she'll find like a bikini, like she'll find this and be like working, mommy working. Like <laughs> she like associates bikinis with working. So it's kind of funny um, that you say that, but that's like the most tangible um, example I, I can think of. But yeah, I think a lot of kids now, especially that their age is gonna be really interesting to see, you know, what, changes that they have in their early childhood or you know later childhood as far as the impact of parents working from home versus when we were growing up that really wasn't the case so much right mm -hmm. like yeah. maybe your mom you know people our age maybe moms were home sometimes and dad was always at work but like now it's common for both parents to be working from home or you know um moms to be doing it 
all kind of working from home, still home with the kids. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what impact it has, not only on my kids, but like our whole generation, like we're just in such a, a crazy time where um, this is more or less the norm, but um, hopefully that it's instilling in them some sort of work ethic, work ethic once they're older and understanding that. I know seeing my parents work their whole lives for sure made me respect, like I knew I always wanted to work hard for, for what I wanted. So hopefully it is instilling some of that. And I do love for them to be involved. And obviously now with social media and Instagram, like it's so easy to just show behind the scenes that they're a big part of my life. And um, yeah, just kind of let followers or customers or whatever um, to see that part of me as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to talk about, uh, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about working with influencers, because obviously you work with a lot of influencers. Can you talk me through the bikini post that went viral on TikTok and like how, like your reaction to that? Okay. Which one? So the one I'm, th I think this is the one I'm thinking of. And if I'm wrong, correct me. Um, her, the girl's last name is, uh, McCannon. Am I saying that right? Or McKinnon? Oh, Azaria? Yes, Azaria. Yes. Or was there, I know there was, a, there were a few. A so, um, so first, actually the girl, that's her friend. Her name's Ella Mendelssohn. Okay. That was my first, that was my first um, experience with someone randomly reaching out to me and they posted, some, you know, I sent this girl, Ella, so it wasn't Azaria, but her friend, Ella. Um, I sent her a bikini. She just reached out to me, said, oh, whatever, I'll create content. I said, okay. And then literally as soon as he posted that TikTok video, um, the product actually did sell out immediately. And that was like my first and maybe only experience with something that like quick, especially something that I didn't pay for. And she had reached out to me. Now, her friend Azaria, you know, I've worked with her again since both of them a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not familiar with the exact post that you're talking about. Cause there's just been a handful that like go viral. Right. I don't really know what the threshold of views is for like, mm -hmm. a viral. <laughs> but um, no, typically how it works is girls either just reach out to me for, for product and it's always a hit or miss. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like even nobody really, even TikTok girls that are like influencers, not all of their posts get the same amount of views and reach, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always a little bit of a toss up, but when it works, it's awesome. Um, and so I know the social media thing is so, so crazy, but um, anyway, so Zaria, I'll have to go back and look, but I know Ella, that was my first experience with that. And that was not last win. That was like almost two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So, so you said there, there really is no reason. And I say this, I'm like, there's no rhyme or reason to what goes viral and what doesn't, you just have to like keep posting. Um, but from like a business standpoint, how do you decide who you would like to work with and who you don't want to work with? Yeah, that's a great question. I get that a lot. So because Instagram and probably the TikTok, I'm just more familiar with Instagram. It is ever changing. Yeah. I have definitely changed what I do. 2016, there was time or two, I paid somebody $5,000 to post one time and they had like 4 million followers and that really meant something at that time. Mm -hmm. um, now it's like people are people are showing you screenshots of their analytics to show them, to show you their, um, their reach and their demographic. And it's like, that was never a thing before, but now um, 
sometimes I take that into account. If somebody reaches out to me, let's say, who has what I would call like a micro influencer. Mm-hmm. So let's call it between three and 10,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just very quickly go right to their Instagram and see if I get a general feel of their overall like aesthetic, their lifestyle. Is this like a product that they really care about and want to wear? Or are they just trying to get something for free? Mm-hmm. Normally it's something they would want to wear, but I can tell in two seconds by looking at their Instagram, if it's something that's something I want to pursue. So- mm-hmm. Sounds kind of weird, but um you know, sometimes people will reach out with a decent following, but they've never posted one picture in a bikini or they've never pictured one, they've never posted one picture of their face. So uh, I'm like, you know, I'd like to see, you know, your face or something. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> or they've never posted a close up photo of what they're wearing. I don't know. So there's just different things that, like, there's girls that, are super good at it with their little Instagram, with their little iPhone or their friend. I don't know. They took amazing photos. That's all they do. It's super simple. And they're, it's an easy yes for me to work with. And there's some that I'm like, yeah, you have a decent following, but you've never, I kind of want to see that there's like going to be some added value for me. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of it is if I get a general, like reliable vibe from them, just in DMs, just like, are they reliable when I ask them one question just to answer it, you know, and that kind of gives me, that gives me an idea. If I send them something, is there going to be any follow-up or are they just going to fall off the face of the earth? So um, that's a big thing too. And then as far as like the more mega influencers, you know, a million followers or 600,000 followers, even um, I, it's extremely rare that I pay anymore for that for posts I might pay for a photo shoot mm-hmm. but I'm not, I do not pay for guaranteed posts anymore and that's because exactly what we're talking about with Instagram I have no idea what they're going to show like I don't know if someone with a million followers even if their post is going to get shown to their whole audience so mm-hmm. I just if it's a good model and she provides good photos I'm happy to pay for the shoot and I just say you know if you do happen to post organically if you can tag me great if not whatever as some of the, some of the influence want to pay, they want to charge $8,000 for them to post on their story. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> for something that's going to f- disappear in 24 hours. Yeah. And I don't, we don't know what the reach is going to be. So yeah. I know it kind of hurt the, it hurt some of the influencer world. Um, but anyway, hopefully that answers your question. So I, if it's something just for product, I kind of, you know, take a minute to look. And if I wanted to, take a, take a chance on the girl. I think she has an authentic following. Then I normally go for it. Like I very often say, yes. Um, I'm not extremely picky. And then otherwise the girls that I pay are ones that have really good modeling and photography experience. Um, not just, not just social media. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think that totally makes sense. And the way, I mean, God, like we live in a world now where that like, this is just the norm, right? Like, I'm like, oh, you know, I saw a t-shirt and I really want that t-shirt. Oh, where'd you find it? It's like, it's not a catalog. It's not a commercial. It's someone I was following on -hmm. Instagram, a girl on TikTok. Like, like there's that hashtag, like TikTok made me do it or like TikTok made me buy it. And it's like, (laughs) TikTok made me buy, I'm a bikini. So like, here we are right now. Exactly. (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm curious to know, um, like as a company, you know, I, I think one of the, I, let me, let me start this over. Um, I was, I ended up watching totally on accident, 
an e-documentary on Victoria's Secret. And it was just, it was like, it was on TV. It was one of those things that I just didn't change the channel right away. And it was talking about how the like, the rise and fall of Victoria's Secret. And I was like, oh, this is actually interesting. So like I was hooked in like five minutes in. And one of the things that they had said of, you know, their, their fall was their lack of being able to um, listen to what consumers wanted. And one of the things that the consumer wanted was like body positive models and they wanted to see someone that looked like them and they didn't feel like these women represented them. So no one could relate to them. I'm curious to know, like, obviously you are in the bikini industry and you are working with, you know, women and their bodies. How are you creating a like culture where you are, um, like supporting body positivity? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think as a small business, I mean, every business, I guess in the apparel, especially women's apparel can have this challenge to some degree. I think that when you are small, a small business like mine, you cannot be all things to all people. Mm. It's just not cost-effective. It's very, um, so it's, it's challenging to offer, you know, everything that said, I think that the best thing that I can do is yeah, really just showcase real women, real bodies. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to be a plus size model all the time. Right. Because that's also not always all that realistic to everybody right Mm -hmm. like not not every single person can relate to that maybe maybe a lot of women can but um I just tried to not only stick with you know size zero models I tried to we don't photoshop you know the Mm -hmm. the images of their bodies um and I think really that's just the best thing I can do you know I just had a baby I'm still posting pictures in a bikini and a lot of women relate to that like my body's not perfect I have my insecurities I think really just preaching that a little bit and really outside of the physical, right? Like that's, everybody wants to talk about like women empowerment and everything, how, you know, our minds are um, just as capable as that of men's and everything like that. Um, So why do we talk so much about the body, right? And I I think if anything, me just showcasing that I'm mom, I'm doing it all, like that can be more important than, I don't know, as far as me feeling my my self-worth and everything, like just obviously I do sell a product that it is just straight up. If I'm being honest, it's going to pertain to a certain type of woman or girl. And a lot of that are the young college age girls, their bodies are different than ours sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had to come to terms with that because I've spent a lot of money before and um, hiring plus size models and everything. And to be honest, I've found that that, that clientele isn't necessarily normally that interested in in maybe my product anyway. And I don't take that personally. It just might not be the best fit. Um, It's, it's just kind of something that it's an ongoing challenge, I guess, because I don't want to be. It's like, you don't want to be exclusive, but you also are finding, or or we'll say, figuring out this balance of, knowing who your audience is, but also making sure that everyone can walk through the door as well. Yeah. And you know, that said, if I were a mega company like Victoria's Secret, I think they have, I do think they have a great responsibility to showcase women of different sizes. I really yeah. do. And I'm not trying to say like, that's right for that. You know, they should do it, but I, you know, shouldn't, cause that's not what I'm saying. But, um, 
I feel like when you are a mega company that everybody at any mall or town or whatever can find, you do want to walk into a store and find something that fits you. And I just find that that's a little bit, um, yeah, if I was a mega brand, I would have the means, honestly, to um, sell extra, extra small to extra, extra large. And I don't, I only have three sizes. So um, I get just as many women asking me for extra small as I do for extra large. So, um, and again, that's just me kind of, like you said, narrowing in on my, my niche and what, yeah, I'm a small business and I have to be laser-like focused on what I produce because, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, I can't be all things to all people. And I've accepted that. That's a lesson that I've learned. Like I said, I've gone through those different collections and I've tried different things, um, but I don't do extra small either. <laughs> I've never looked at it from that standpoint though, but you know, it makes sense. Like with, with the resources that you have and with what you're working with, it's like, this is what I can do. And you know, who knows, maybe a year from now, two years from now, like maybe that changes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've never looked at it from that point of view. I do think it's really important though. Um, like again, just the, it's simple as not Photoshopping. You know, it's crazy to me how, um, like I, I was at dinner the other day with girlfriends and I think you'll, you'll hear where I'm going with this and haven't seen everyone in a really long time. It was so great to catch up and we're sitting around and I'm just like listening and everyone's talking about Botox and I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Like we're, we're 29. What do you mean? We're talking like you, no one needs to get anything done yet. Like I'm so confused or, and, and, it, and I kind of was like, okay, don't judge, just listen. And I think what it made me realize was again, this like total unrealistic expectation that like we, as women sometimes feel. Um, but the, the truth of the matter of like, it is something that like the, the not photoshopping, the scene, the stretch mark, the scene, the imperfective um, bit of cellulite in your butt. Like people see them, they're like, oh, I look like that. I could yeah. do that. And then you don't have to yeah. do this false reality. The beautiful, gorgeous, dropped it, gorgeous plus size women, let's say for Sports Illustrated. Well, yes, she happens to be a plus size model. She also happens to have a stunning, like a beautiful and like, um, what's the word? Like everything's very proportionate in her face. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. she also just has to happen to have a stunning face. Like mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's, that doesn't take away from the fact that she's a plus size model, but like that's not necessarily always the most relatable, you know, perfect skin, perfect hair, perfect yeah. everything you know what I'm saying. So like we focus on the body when it's like, um, yes, that, that relatable or that body positivity that can come in a lot of shapes and sizes, I think. Um, and you know, things are trending that way. I think we're seeing that. Um, and, and that's good. So, um, yeah, but that's something that I've kind of like, said, just come to terms with that. I'm just going to be small for a little while. And, um, I do serve a certain customer. Um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll just go from there. I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, it's, it's gotta be, you know, it's like, you know, where you're at and then always willing to evolve or change for wherever the road may lead you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. okay. So I would like to know if you can walk me through the process of the designs for making a bikini, because again, like I was saying when earlier, I, it's really hard to find bottoms that fit you well, but that don't 
do that little bulge. And these are just like, oh my God, I just, I can't say enough good things about them. Thank you. Um, Okay. So as far as like the design, it just starts with me normally selecting colors or prints. And then I will get, let me see. Let me see. This happens to be a bad example because this is going to be for like boys, like boys, kids, board shorts, Mm -hmm. but just gives an idea that like I see the graphic or the print um, from the screen and I order a sample of the actual fabric mm-hmm. and then once I know that I like it then we proceed with the designs and styles and cuts and whatnot so um, it's become a little bit quicker over the years like I'm getting more and more ahead with my collections but yeah once I think that I like a certain print then I normally order a swatch of fabric so I can see it in person and touch it and see how it's going to be in like swim swim <laughs> Um, and then as far as like cuts and stuff, yeah, I have like the one that you, you mentioned it's, we call it seamless because like this, for example, has the seam. I don't know if you can see it. Oh like, yeah. You actually see the thread. Yes. And so on those that you have there, you can't. Yes. Yeah. So the good thing is the seams, sometimes if you're doing a lot of activity, a lot of people prefer it to help it stay stay in place and then the ones that are completely seamless like the ones you mentioned they are really good because they don't dig in at all they don't so that's like this won't dig in at all um so those are kind of they all stay in place really well in my opinion but the ones with seams like they might dig in but they're really not going to move and a lot of girls like them for like surfing and stuff for beach volleyball i don't really feel like you need them just like stick in place like you do for like surfing and you know the the water like just yeah like randomly, whatever. But um, yes, so that's kind of the different ways that I think about when I make a design, like, okay, like who is this for? Or, and really to be honest, like the super Brazilian, smaller, cheeky, <laughs> cheeky ones, they like, a lot of my customers still prefer that to everything. But um, I have tried to offer like the one that you have there is like a little fuller. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And um, then I have like the scrunch one. So yes, the ones that you have there are pretty much all seamless. They are very flattering. They don't dig in. Um, And like the fabric is really good. So it helps it stay in place as well. The fabric is so good and it's so soft. And honestly, it's, I don't even feel the need. Like I can take the padding out, which is really nice. Like I don't always feel like I need the padding. And sometimes you don't always find that in certain materials with swimwear. Yeah. And again, I, it's about 50, 50 women that I find, I thought everybody liked the removable padding, but a lot of people, they do take it out. Um, they do take it out right away. And I'm like confirmation depending on the style, but, um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so what is the goal or the dream for Ama Bikini? Is it to be on the cover of sports illustrated as that just literally got released, I think yesterday, or is it to sponsor the next, beach volleyball Olympic player? Like, like what's, what's the dream that you have? I would like to get in more stores. Okay. Like little surf shops. I like, I have a few retailers that, um, they're just little surf shop, local places. They're not like Nordstrom or a big department store. Um, and then we are expanding into, I have girls, little girls swimwear to match mom coming this summer. And also, you know, I'm like, well, 
there's plenty of moms that wear my bikinis that they don't have a little girl, they have a little boy. So now I'm making a little boy board, board shorts. So that's in the immediate long-term, I don't know, like maybe I do continue to do this and love it till the day I die. Or maybe I really just love, um, maybe I, I grow it and I love it for the next 10 or 15 years. And when the girls are a little bit older, um, I wanna do something else and you know, do something else with the brand or maybe that involved, maybe that does evolve into some kids stuff. So in the immediate, I want to just offer like the family <laughs> matching thing, uh, which isn't really my personal thing to match, to be honest, but the little girl swimsuits, when you see them on, they are super cute. So that's, that's what's coming up in the immediate. I already know which cousin of mine is going to be ordering this for her and her daughter, like immediately. Oh, I, you know, I love that a lot. And it's like a lot of, even the girls that buy for me, maybe they don't have kids, but they have a niece and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to buy, you know? Yeah. So I, people have asked me about it for a while. Even when I first had Maui, I was like, I don't want to do the kid thing, but, um, I've been in talks with my manufacturer about it for a while. And, um, I think it'll be really cute. Why not? Okay. All right. Um, one more question and then I will totally get you back to being with these beautiful little girls of yours. Um, as a business owner, you obviously learn a lot. You've learned a lot since you've started in 2015. I think you learn the most by your failures. And I think there is this like negative connotation with failures that when you fail, you stop, but I don't want to say I look forward to failure, but I don't mind failure because that's where growth happens and that's where the best lessons come. So I'm curious if you can walk me through a time um, you learned the most by a failure. Sure. I think, let's see, the, the most like financial, I guess, thing you could talk about um, as far as failure, or I just felt like, oh, shouldn't have done that is um facebook ads mm. i didn't say that no facebook ads are really good they do work however um i worked with an agency that i did like my due diligence and that agency was great and they actually did everything they said but um in the end i do think i probably threw away fifteen thousand dollars just by paying their costs in addition to the ad spend but that said as far as like the lesson is like I don't know. I think that if I take the time to learn certain things on my own, um, it does make me better. And just being careful when I do like allocate certain finances to hire somebody, mm -hmm. um, being more careful about what that is. So I guess that's not really a failure, but that's just something that like, I look back and I was like, dang, I definitely shouldn't have done that. And then the other thing would, I would definitely mention the influencer thing. Cause it's like, I spent a lot of money before, like thinking, oh great, you know, this is going to help me blow up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to call it a shortcut, but there are so many times that, yeah, you can kind of try to take a, a fast track. Um, and normally it's just hitting the grind every single day and doing the right thing and not looking for a shortcut again, not to say I didn't do the right thing, but like, um, yeah, small businesses, like it's okay to just grow organically and take your time. Um, I think that's kind of the, the best lesson. Just do right by people and be a good, be a good person and always do the right thing. And that actually goes farther with your customers. That's for sure. I don't know about you, but I am ready to be in a pool.
I could probably put this on right now over this and it would remind me of the scene in This Is Us where she's like super pregnant in the very opening scene and she just like puts a bra on, on top. That's what I feel like right now. But I don't want to, I mean, I'm not pregnant. That's weird. Um, but do you maybe get what I'm saying? I don't know if you do. I'm, I'm filming this when it's the uh, finale guys of This Is Us and I'm getting a little emotional and nothing's happened yet and I'm just very sentimental. Um, but I'm ready to be in a pool and I will be in a pool this weekend because sitting near my window with sunshine coming in all time. I just want my toes in the sand. I want my toes in a pool. I want a cold beverage in my hand. Okay. <laughs> that rant is done. Uh, thank you again for listening to this conversation. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I'm really grateful um, for Amy for doing this, especially uh, with her little one in her lap. It seriously like made my day to have her daughter be a part of this. Cause I think one day, uh, that little one is going to look back and be like, mom, I can't believe you did an interview while you were holding me, you know, and I think that'll be a beautiful thing for her daughter, uh, to see one day down the line that like mom, mom had a lot on her plate and mom was doing it and mom was killing it and, 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 and leading with love and giving that baby so much love. So I just think it's absolutely beautiful. Amy, thank you again. I said, I had a tip for you guys. So here's a tip for you. How you speak to yourself matters. If you aren't nice to you, why should you expect others to speak kindly to you? If this is something that is a total foreign concept to you, I suggest starting small, okay? One degree, just do one degree a day. Say one nice thing to you for a day for a week straight. So you're gonna say in total seven kind things to yourself, okay? And if you don't know where to begin, I'll give you some examples. So Maybe you say to yourself, you did great on that project that you've been working on. Um, maybe you say to yourself, it's okay that I didn't finish everything on my to-do list. I did as much as I could. And for that, I'm really proud of myself. Um, you could even say something as kind to you as I'm trying my best and for that, I'm proud of me. Again, I know that this sounds strange, but when you can start speaking positively and in a kind way to you, you are going to notice a change in the way you view yourself. And when you view yourself in a positive way, you're going to attract good things in return. But guys, if you're not speaking kindly to you, the people that are around you aren't going to speak kindly to you. You're going to get that. You're going to, what, what you put out, you get back. So if you're putting out negativity towards you, you're going to get negativity from others in return. So this is honestly you not only helping yourself, but it's helping what is going to come to you in return. Okay. Food for thought. Okay. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. I am seriously so grateful. I, I can't believe that it's the end of May. Obviously, whenever you're listening to this, it's, it's, it's evergreen. So you can listen to it whenever. Um, but I, I just have to say like, it's so, it's so wild to me, um, th this roller coaster of, of a journey that I've been on since starting Bar Talk and how two years ago, little over two years ago, like I'd lost my job and I started this as a reason to get out of bed. And now it's under an umbrella of a network and I'm doing what I love. And I just have so much gratitude because as, as much as, you know, part of, as much as it was me putting in the work, um, 
it's also you guys too. Like you guys listening to this, you guys sharing it, you guys engaging with it. Like it, I could do a podcast and no one could listen, but I can, but doing it and having you guys be here and listen week in and week out or whatever it is. I hope, you know, truly, I hope you can feel my words through the headphones in your ears or through the TV on your screen, how utterly grateful I am to each and every single one of you for listening. Even if you've only listened once guys, like that's totally fine, but seriously, so much gratitude for you. I have so much. Thanks. Um, thank you. 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 Um, okay. So that is my little, that is my little heartfelt moment. So thank you guys again. Um, I will see you next week and I hope you all take the time today to realize that we have way more in common with each other than we have different until next time. Take care.